We are back for the very first installment of our podcast for Super Metal Brothers. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Daniel. And here we are, Dan, in a familiar spot, but uh, a couple of years later. Uh, what happened to the time? What's been happening, dude? Well, uh, not much, really. I mean, a lot of people would know us from our, you know, somewhat glorious reigns on the uh, Andrew Hate Show. I'm sorry, that's too obvious, the uh, A Hogue Show, where we were, I think, labelled as competent, uh, inauspicious, and mediocre. So yeah, it's basically like a compliment that that was okay for the very 17th time, I'd have to say, oh. Yeah, I mean, like we got the speaking part, right? So I think we're now there. It's just a matter of, you know, being funny, entertaining, which, you know, I laugh at my jokes, and that's the most important thing. Oh, absolutely. I know you laugh at your jokes, Danny, but here we are. If you don't know who we are, we are the Super Metal Brothers, and what we like to do is talk about things mostly metal, and just a bit of interesting, funny stories that's going around the world of metal. Might be a headline story we'll cover, and in particular, we'll be doing something a little bit original. Isn't that right, Danny? Yeah, no, the ritual power would be, um, we'll also try to give you some sort of an educational feel, and uh, both stroke your knowledge and also get you pissed off at the same time. And the best thing about doing uh, these uh, interesting segments is that you can't even argue against us because we can't hear you. So you're just going to sit there and listen to my ideas and Matt's ideas and just, yeah, agree with us because what are you going to do? Yeah, so that's what we're going to do. So uh, just to break through, we're going to start off with the headlines today and later on this in the segment, we've actually got an album review. So we're going to review the new, very new Flesh God album called The King. So please stick around for that. We'll give you our thoughts and feelings on that. But first off, Danny, we need to start on a high note. Oh. Rise. Of the one. Oh, shit, man. Oh, I couldn't. Look, I'm not even mad that Symphony X aren't coming to Adelaide. I mean, most of the times when a band says we're doing Australia tour, you just know they're not coming to Adelaide. But when Symphony X says we're coming to Australia, that's all I had to hear. That's all I had to hear. And I, I was laughing hysterics, man. Pretty much. So if you don't know, Symphony X are a, I guess you could call them progressive metal. They're basically one of the leading metal acts in uh, that you know changing seven minutes or whatever uh you know variation on really nice songs and different variations in songwriting but they are the cream of the crop right now hey would you say danny oh for me it definitely i mean singing wise russell allen is pretty much a new age dio I, I i can't i can't fault him i mean sometimes the lyrics can be a bit cheesy but power wise ability um variation in singing tone oh Power. Oh, yeah. I say power. I don't want to sound like I run for like electricity company, but just power, power, power. Good looking power. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. So we're we're pretty pumped to that. They're doing two shows. Then one in Melbourne, one in Sydney. So if you get a chance to make sure you check them out, we will be covering them in the next coming weeks. I'm sure we'll do either a retrospective or maybe just give a couple of album reviews on and we'll just give you our thoughts and feelings so please feel free to comment on our wall and let us know what you think uh speaking about symphony x uh, and dio danny you must be pretty devastated six years now from dio he's passing from stomach cancer uh he's obviously left a massive um impact uh, yeah impact definitely especially with um symphony x as well i mean you can hear dio all the way through russell allen what about other some of the things that dio's probably touched on what do you think his uh, influence has gone ahead and and done oh i mean dio for stars it, pretty much helped create part of that progressive rock and even power metal scene and his uh, vocal style. I mean, you can't match it, but yeah, I see people emulate it, put a bit of that power and the softness and the grunge and the groan. Growl? Growl? We'll, say, we'll go with the word growl. Definitely a grunt. He will yeah, yeah, growl, but you can tell he's got a lot of that power and that energy as well. And the horns, you cannot forget. The horns? Don't listen oh, to what mate. we have to say about Kiss. Gene Simmons never did the horns. Yeah, he says something about orange juice. Like Dio mentioned something about that on a metal documentary. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was amazing. So, look, yeah. that's what Dio, you know, he's just fantastic. And we just thought we'd pay homage to him. 
So uh, let's talk about the news. All right. Yeah. Well, first off, we got our first very first segment. So feel free, viewers, to uh, to uh, listen in intently. And uh, we'll start off with Barack Obama. Now, I'm going to give you a quote that's just come up and made a viral news uh, from Barack Obama. There was a, I guess there was a kind of a uh, talk in between just a bunch of politicians that were there. It was a press conference. And Barack Obama mentions, uh, I do want to point out that Finland has perhaps the most heavy metal band uh, in the world per capita and ranks high in the good governance. I don't know if any correlation is there. Danny, there is a correlation, isn't there? Oh, there has to be a correlation. I mean, for starters, metalheads are generally more informed, more passionate. <laughs> better looking. Oh, we're not these guys, but generally better looking. Better looking. Hey, our, our photo, when we brought that picture of George Clooney and Brad Pitt on our Facebook page, <laughs> we were we good looking. But um, you really have to like give a high high five to it to uh, Finland and also Thailand as well. I mean, like that's what it's all about. You know, the, I think the Thailand president, he's a massive metal fan as well. Yeah, that's pretty much, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't want to get into the politics of Thailand, but the fact that like metal is always a bonus. Oh, um, it almost overrides anything, really. Yeah, I think I think there's actually a bit of a hidden um, intent with Barack Obama because now he's done his two terms in American office, he can't do a third. So I think he's staying to like campaign around the world to see if he can become leader of another country. So that's right. Hey, who are, who are some bands that you would think, Danny, that um, might interest younger listeners, well, basically younger viewers or people getting into politics? So let's say we uh, went to the Liberal Party and had to give them some metal bands to you know help. Him Improve their image. Oh, jeez. And, and obviously their policies as well, because oh, we have seen this correlation. What metal bands would you say that uh, they need to get into? Well, if they try to just win votes and be desperate and seem cool and hip, you'll just have to go like someone like Metallica, because they're big and people know their name. So, you know, you try to, like all of these politicians in America, like Trump and stuff, he's trying to get cool people to like, and their popular band to be there, like campaign songs, slogans. And too bad, like most of those <laughs> bands are coming out saying, no, no, no. Let go of our fucking song, man. What do you? I don't want to be, I don't want to be part of the Trump name. So absolutely, yeah, there's also recoil there. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If I had to give a recommendation, I'm probably a little bit more biased, and I'm going to say, look, you're going to need some brutality in there, right? Because you want to have your policies to remain strong, but also convincing. So you want to have like decapitated, right? Oh wow, okay. You know, so <laughs> oh, that's it. Like you want you want blast beats, you know, to really ensure that you know the policies coming along quite fine, and you know you got your breakdowns as well, and you and you know your thrashing risks yeah. to make sure that you know policies are getting through on time. You know, um, actually that that works double because if you have like protesters there, you play like some death of thrash metal, it actually looks like they're moshing to you. Open so up the pit, <laughs> yeah, even pick it up. Guaranteed. Oh, that's it. But then you you know that's the for the more sensitive stuff we go to like maybe Finland because you know Nightwish. Let's talk about Floor Jansen. You know, something Ooh, a little bit. Majestic and pretty. So all of a sudden, you've got someone who look, is uh, quite confident on the mic, you know. But also, their music transitions into uh, a peaceful community, but also a thoughtful community. What do you reckon about that? I think that's true. I think yeah, you get nice, warm feelings, and, and you feel comfortable when there's a nice face, a nice tone to the voice, and clear, confident uh, opinion or on a manifesto. You you will get people uh, warming to that. So that's true. Oh, manifesto, aborted. Do you reckon aborted would be a, a band that we could show? Uh, maybe um. Who would be a politician that we could need to show that to? You know, probably... Uh, well, if you're going to a literal sense of the word border, we might have to go back to the American campaigners. Oh, oh shit! Damn, he's gone there. He's gone there. Yeah, I went there. So that's the really that's a really interesting thing, you know. Let's hope to see some more metal being featured in our own Australian politics and in you know, the community. You know, really get it out there. Um, it would be good to see, you know. We want to see a better country and uh, policies and law and all that kind of stuff is one thing. But what about just brutal music? Just brutal music in general. Okay. Oh, there's a lot going around at the moment, but 
All right, let's go to our second uh, point of the story today now. We've actually got an interesting one with Ozzy Osbourne. Now, rumors, very strong rumors of him retiring. Uh, his wife, or I guess ex-wife now, Sharon Osbourne, has come out and said it's not going to be within the next year, but it's coming up. Well, I guess with all the uh, hairdressers that he's been chasing lately, Danny and all that, it's been hard to do more gigs with uh, Black Sabbath. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think his feet are firmly plugged on the ground. Actually, I think there's a bit of a correlation here with his retirement and also him divorcing his wife slash manager. I thought that that timing, considering that his career spans so long, that that is actually quite amazing. That timing. That is perfect. So basically, what's happened is like, oh, you know, yeah, you're amazing, Sharon. Thank you so much for your time. But uh, you know, I peed my pants on stage. I just don't think we can be together. Like, where does he go go from there? You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, he must still be pulling something because his, his ha- I haven't look, I haven't seen his hairdresser, but may- maybe, yeah, maybe his hairdresser is just uh, one of his hallucinations at his stage, you know. Uh, well, that's um, the thing. I mean, like, obviously the resume, obviously the tr- classic biting on the bats and stuff. I'm sure on a date he'd be so pleasant to be around. You know, he just carries a bucket of water, and every time he gets to toilet, he just <laughs> kind of throws a bucket on top of him from the full restaurant and help me and doing Aussie, but um. You know, there you go. So hopefully, uh, you know, Ozzy's done a lot for the metal community as well, just oh, like yeah. Dio. You know, both part of Black Sabbath. Um, to this very day, people are still divided by, you know, guys like Zach Wilder. Like, no, Ozzy was the quintessential singer of Black Sabbath, but other people just only like, uh, like myself can really attest that Dio's songs are probably better. Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It's they're two different bands, like Ozzy and Dio. They even though like you still had the main songwriter with Tony. It's just. They've both just had a different style and different swing. I mean, if you listen to um, the Live Evil album with Dio's doing some uh, Aussie songs, you just you just can't really get into it as well. You just keep picturing Aussie singing, and the style of those Aussie songs were more, I don't know, slow and doomy and more depressing. And his tone just sit the lyrics a bit better. Dio's were just a bit more different, powerful, melodic, and he just, I don't know, just different. Oh, you need like, but the thing with that deer, you get all the classic imagery, like you got your tigers and you got your dragons and your rainbows, and then you got another tiger, and it's jumping over the rainbow with a tiger, and, and um, the magic, man, I don't feel oh, the magic, the magic, and then rock, and oh, it's just so many cool things about him that I just, I just love talking about. But uh, you know, Ozzy's got his. His style as well is very dark, brooding, and he's got his cocaine. I think that, oh, that was the a stories. <laughs> oh my gosh, that, that was a big one in like volume four, etc. I think I think that was his uh, main focal point at uh, at during the eighties. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Even in like something like, for example, the um, Motley Crue thing, I actually read a bit of the dirt, and they even put him over in it from like you know licking up pee and snorting lines of ants. Like he just there's no stopping to this guy's craziness. He just does not stop. Even I'm guessing at his old age, he's got some stories as well, which I'm sure we'll read about soon. So, well, yeah, I mean, the head, I guess the hairdresser story is that wild story just still going on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Infidelity. There you go. He's done everything. Why not cheat? Yeah, I mean, we can't talk about hairdressers anymore, so someone should. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no chance of us in a hairdresser. Um, now, look, the, going on to our third story, we've actually got an interesting one because this went actually viral. This made international headlines for some in particular reason, and funny enough. Super Metal Brother Danny was actually at this gig. Danny, Bruce Dickinson calling out a guy in Adelaide for being a jerk. Can you please run us through the story? Yeah, that was pretty uh, interesting. Like I was, I was sitting there rocking out to Maiden as you do, and they're playing Fear of the Dark, and that's always a great song, especially when it does that whole like bouncing and do 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 do. Like yeah, you feel like jumping up and down, getting excited. You think it's a pretty good song. I don't really think too many people think they're going to a Maiden concert to start trouble. The, the, the music doesn't really lend itself to like getting really aggressive. So near the end of the song, I'm pretty sure most have seen the clip because it's you know it's a pretty interesting thing when a, when a lead singer calls a fan out. But um, 
to see you stop the song near the end and then just talk to the fan, which, look, to be done before, we went to the Melbourne gig oh, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, that's right. Back when I had hair. <laughs> you know, hey? You know? <laughs> oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, and I remember him telling the fans to stop, like, um, rushing the stage and they said, like, we'll walk off the stage if you guys keep, like, rushing forward, etc. So he, he always looks and communicates with the crowd, which is fantastic to see. And this thing here just happened to catch his eye, I guess, when you're on the stage and the guys are, like, three, four people from the crash bar. So he still within the lights just see this guy being out I guess me a bit of a tool and just like pushing people around getting really angry just wanting the attention and he, he got the attention like to the point that Bruce picked him out of the crowd and said oh mate just uh, calm down and the guy apparently didn't like that much of attention and fucking flipped off Bruce and Bruce goes fucking after you know the rest you pretty much say I'll take you backstage and uh We'll see what happens there. So yeah, that's really interesting because what the biggest yeah the biggest part of that was him calling him out, asking him to come backstage and finishing off. Now I don't think, well I don't know if he's any into that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously, he's, you know the British uh, charm about him, so obviously there's a bit of that swagger and definitely a bit of that uh, gusto. If we've watched you know uh, Mean Street Hooligans enough, they'll teach us that you know English people love to fight. But more importantly, do you reckon he actually would have done it? Do you reckon he actually would have like let this? There's no security. Let him go through. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> what knives? Nah, it's fine. You know, I'm just gonna sort him out. Nah, not, gonna... knives is fine because he's a fencer. So I reckon that's why he won. Oh. He's like, draw your weapons, ah. Oh. So that will fence like... to the death. Oh, that's right. Because I was just trying to think, what's his angle? Because you got people who are boxers. You know, UFC's like really in. But you reckon fencing's gonna like use him as a pincushion and like kind of put a couple. Oh yeah, but that yeah. doesn't even work because it's got the thing on the fence, so it's gonna hit him. Nah. And it's like, like, oh, that's true. But you gotta be proper with fencing. Cause he, if he goes up to him and gets a glove and slaps in the face and does a duel, then fencing can commence. And I think that's legal. I actually think by once you hit someone in the face with a glove, legally you can fight him in a sword fight. And if that guy dies, well, technically you already, uh, it's all legit. Yeah, that's that's a good, interesting point, actually. So there you go. If you guys have any uh, thoughts and feelings about how Bruce Dickinson would have dealt with this guy to make sure it makes him an example, what do you do? Put it on their YouTube afterwards. Like, hey, you know, I told him I'd deal with him and look what I did. <laughs> you know, um, Go on. Uh, you know, Hats off to Bruce though, for looking after the crowd, though, most and foremost. You know, it's... Yeah. You got to make sure your fans are happy and uh, calling out one guy. You don't need him as a fan if he's going to cause trouble. And uh, that was really, really, really cool. So yeah, and to be fair as well, I, I, within like the next 20, 30 seconds, I, I saw four or five security guys just like, let's say escorting the guy out past the fans. And some of the fans let him have it as they walk past him. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he got sprayed a bit there. Yeah, the, the guy, you can't fight the you know the charm and the, uh, the the stage presence of a guy who's been doing this you know he's I, I made another one of the most iconic metal bands probably almost of all time mm-hmm. and so you know to want to take him on because this guy flipped him off like this the guy in the crowd actually uh, went out didn't he go out Bruce with like a rude finger yeah, or he's, you've paid to see this bloke I understand why where you think what you're trying to do is I oh, mean I fucking love you but I really want to punch you man is is this like some sort of like father son relationship where the more you love someone, the more you have to hate them. I understand. Yeah, it's it. like, you, dude, you're the best band in the world. I love your stuff. Bought every one of your albums. And right, there's the bird, mate. Yes, I want to go backstage and fight you because I want to get into a fight with my, my idol. Okay. I, I love with my fist, Bruce. I love with my fist. So I, I thought that would be really interesting for you guys to check out. So make sure you check it out. The video is everywhere at the moment. Feel free to go into anything. Even it's maybe made tabloids in the like the actual mainstream media, let alone you know your uh, underground metal podcast like ourselves. Oh, okay. good plug, man. That's a commercial go. break. We got paid by no one. Finishing the news for today. But what's actually more important is that there's actually been a bit of controversy that's hit the headlines ooh, this year. A bit of plagiarism. Now, this is really unlike it, uh, what we normally would do in our previous shows. But here we go. 
Now, I was going to set this up for you. What's happened is there's been a viral circulation of songs that sound very similar to the very first original game called Doom. Now, for those who don't know who Doom is, it's like a shoot 'em up. So you have a gun, you have a zombie or a demon or a zombie demon in front of you, and you need to make sure that it stops moving by putting bullets of different kinds of weapons into it. It's pretty simple. It's very fun, and it paved the way for many other shoot 'em up games. But... What we're here to talk about is the music. Now, all the bands that have influenced these songs on the Doom video game are bands that everyone's come to know and love, like Pantera, Slayer, and there's another band which I can't really... I don't think I've ever heard of before. Do you have it? Metallica, Danny? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, wasn't wasn't that the, the guy from Megadeth in that band or something? That's right, Megadeth. <laughs> yeah, that was super over. Oh, my God. they, love, they, they What a shame. So, anyway... What I'm going to do today is I'm going to actually, because of plagiarism, because of copyrights, I can't actually play the songs for you. But I believe so much so that Doom was not only innovating in the shooting industry, but also the video game music industry that I'm going to sing these songs to Danny. Mm, and yeah. he's not going to know, he's going to know that the song's either from the song that's ripped off or it's an original song from Doom. Yeah. Now, Danny, you don't know any of the songs from Doom, do you? No, I never play the game, man. I'm a good, clean Catholic boy who only plays uh, Candy Crush. And that's, even that, that's aggressive, man. You're crushing candies and you don't even get to eat them. That's a waste of food. Mum raised us better, man. That's right. You stopped playing video games a while ago, so now you just stuck playing with Transformers and watching Batman. Yep, that's exactly Danny. Yeah. But yeah, what cool. we're going to do is he does know the songs from these three bands, even the one, lower ones like... Metallica or whatever they're called. You mean Dave Mustaine's X-Band. Oh, Dave Mustaine's X-Band, right. More people oh. know it as that yeah. rather than as Megadeth. That's as what all Metallica. my friends know him as, really, as the... Yeah, definitely, definitely that. So here we go, Danny. I'm going to sing you a song, and mm-hmm. it's going to be either Metallica or it's going to be Doom. So all right, yeah. Easy, here we mate. go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm hearing a lot of da da da's, and you know, I think if that was really Metallica song, it'd probably been like do do do's. So I have to think that's a Doom song. Danny, that's a Metallica song. It's Master of Puppets. How did you not know that? What's a Master of Puppets? Oh, it's it's a song that was like released like it was it was so old ago. I don't think they save it on CDs oh, really? anymore. It was, it was on like a, a solar panel or oh, something. Because sundials. Because yeah, all I know is that I'm a master of baits. That's all I know. Oh, there you go. So you've been doing the wrong mastering. But oh, um, well. you know, look, it was the first one. Um, I still believe Doom is original. You know, I I don't know how Daniel picked the wrong one, but yeah, yeah, I don't know either, man. We're going to try another one. We're going to try a song. And this one here is either going to be Pantera or it's going to be Doom, okay? All right. So, without further ado... All right. Now, my ears ears warmed up now, so I'll I'll get this one. You can be able to pick this one one because Doom is innovating with music and Pantera is innovating with doing... We're we're drinking. Okay. I reckon me and the listeners, or me, you and mum, would tend to agree that that was definitely, or mum doesn't know, but definitely Pantera. No. What? That was Doom. Matt. How I'll see you next to you. Don't make me hit you, man. Seriously. It sounds nothing like... Here, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing to you right. Pantera. All right. And then I'm going to sing to you Doom. Right. And you're going to see nah. for yourself how nah. foolish you were for nah. answering wrong and making us more even uncredible nah. as 
not only bah. just podcasters, but as musicians. Okay, so here we go. This is this is Pantera. Okay, oh, I made sure. That's Doom. That's usually that's Doom. I mean, like, well, what's the difference? I mean, what's going on here? You can. There's so much different going on, and I just can't handle. I think I've chosen the wrong metal brother to do a podcast with. Because oh, we really need to find out a way of doing this better, all right? Oh, look, Matt, you said there's a third song. You know, come on. I must get one right. Like, Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad, but I'm the exception to the Meatloaf rule. So okay. go with that, Matt. So here we go, guys. I want to sing you a song. Now, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to get this, right? You know, so much do I believe that Doom was innovating and they didn't borrow any of these riffs, you know? They made it up and they sound completely different to their, their original source material, okay? Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Okay. So here we go. Now, you have to admit, it's definitely either Doom or it's definitely Slayer. It's there's it can't be one or the other. Well, I thought it was my car starting up on a cold day, but I would have to say it was definitely uh yeah that that one's a Doom song. Come on, that's Doom. Right. Oh, that's it. What? I th- I think we have a problem because out of the three, oh fuck off. That was not a Doom song. Oh seriously. That was a Slayer song. Oh, come on now. And now we are in trouble because here's nah. me saying that it could be easily distinguished. And I thought I'll leave the the easiest one for last. Oh, you know, it has the simplest melody in that. And it was actually a drum. All of us have seen the drum track to it, and uh, I think we're in trouble. Well, I guess it's been great. I've enjoyed myself here, Matt. I'll leave you to it next. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So well, thanks, guys. What's even worse yeah. is that Doom now has a lawsuit on their hands. I'll see you, Danny. He's actually leaving. All right, see you. Now Doom has to explain to all their millions and millions of players, uh, well, they must get reparations to these guys. You know, they must basically gave them the music for the game. You know, this is, wow. Sorry, Doom. We tried. We tried to defend your honor, but yeah. we failed. Actually, I'm back because my car wouldn't start. That's why I did the, the, the Slayer riff again. But I reckon this is actually perfect marketing. And I reckon I know who's who's responsible for this. This is a quintessential, yes, another word which is described our podcast, quintessential Lars Ulrich move. Oh, oh that's a glass crashing man. Oh, there you go. We have just imploded our own debate, but there you go, guys. So I really want to put it out there to Doom. Again, sorry we ruined your beautiful thing. You just got a new game that's come out. You're going to probably take all your earnings from that, put it into a pile, set a light to it before, you know, the guys from Metallica, whatever they're called, and Slayer come for their money because, you know, you guys are screwed. Just saying, you know. we, we had, this, this was scientific. This was, this was re- re- like, re- yeah. this is taking the whole new level. I can't, I can't, do anything more for you guys? No, nah, I mean that. That the way you like saying that or like scattered it. That 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 is a masterclass. Oh. I think like Mike Stern or Chick Corea are gonna get you on a new album because oh, you're scattering. Mate, you know what? If our listeners know that, we you can buy yourself a coat because there you go. We're going into the jazz games, but here we go, guys. So thank you for that little segment, Matt. We're gonna talk about now is our album review. So Ooh, interesting. We're going to take it off for here we go. We're going to talk about the new album from Flesh God Apocalypse, and it's called King. Now, I'm holding this up to the camera, but I don't think you can see that. So, I can see, man. That's enough. Oh, then we can see it. There you go. So, what we're going to do is just upload an image on you know, your own Google. Just go search the image. And just so you know what I'm talking about, you can look at the front cover. Quite majestic. There's a guy there 
Weird looks like a sword, some strings attached to him. He even looks like a king. Yeah, yeah it's oh, funny that. Maybe that's where they got the idea for the album. No, it's like you mash the two together. You oh, just okay. <laughs> so here we go, guys. Now, I know a lot of people want to ask us, Super Metal Mother Matt, Super Metal Brother Dan. Me. What do you guys do to review CDs? Well, fear not, fictitious listener. You probably, <laughs> you probably want to hear this from us first. We actually do album reviews the way we buy metal albums, and that is through a five-tier system. Danny... What white you think would be in our five tier system? Uh, definitely, um, it's a CD to start with. So def- <laughs> definitely music. You need the music. Yeah, yeah you do, and it's something to play it with. So that's quintessential, really, to, yeah. to how your listening experience. Yeah, because yeah. I know you fancy kids can do that downloading stuff with those internet things, but you know that's 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 for the young ones. So I don't know how that works. Okay, so let's start off. Number one, me and Danny, we love a good riff. Oh, you know, yeah, riff central. If riff the CD roll, is riff a roll. Picked with just stacked with killer riffs, that could be almost enough for us to buy an album, right? Yeah, man. Let it riff, mate. Let it riff. Two, a vocal style. Now, this is funny because it can just be about what the lyrics mean. It could be like they could be talking about something really cool. But let's be honest, in metal, we might not know what they say. They could talk about their best Magic Noodle commercial break. Oh, yeah, Magic Noodles. You know? Or their yeah. favorite dump that they took in the morning. But what's because more, of the Magic Noodles, yeah. But what's more important is how they talk about that dump. You know, you yeah, really yeah. want to convey to the listener how angry they were. That it wouldn't come out, or that it did come out too soon. Yeah, and how many sheets out of fucking waste? Sometimes it snaps off, and you have to use more toilet paper, man. It gets oh, really angry, man. Toilet paper. Don't get me started on toilet paper metal, mate. That metal is brutal, okay? Thirdly, diversity. Danny, I want you to explain what diversity is to listeners. Well, diversity is just not listening to Matt speak. It's also listening to me speak. Even though we have the same tone, the same voice, uh, diversity makes it better. I mean, if we had a third brother, they'll be here as well, but... Unfortunately, we haven't that. So diversity is a bit <laughs> limited at the moment. Kind of trailing off here, but yeah, diversity. I mean, diversity is a wide range of things. It can just be like the changes in song structure, the change of song and tone in the song. So you don't want the same album to be the same song over and over and over and over and over. That's six tracks. Normally they come in ten. So over and oh, over. Oh, I've already stopped listening. See? See? See, Daniel would make a really bad CD. All right, so I don't put, know. If man, we put Superman or Brother Dan onto a CD, I don't think I'd listen. Yeah, to you'll it. get disturbed. That's like four albums the same. Oh, oh burn there again. You, go. What, oh, you can't say shit, man. Dirt and burn it. Yeah, all right. Oh, I was just singing Pantera for some reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's that Doom, man. Stop playing Doom. All right. Fourthly, we're going to talk about what an, another aspect we love about uh, metal records, and that's grooves. Now, this is kind of interesting because it can be about. Not only the way that the grooves like set up that make me make you hit, like bang your head profusely, mm. you know, like you're just kind of really enjoying the scene, but it might even give you that gnarl on your face, like you know, you kind of just squirm or you toughen your lips, like you know, like you're ready to fight someone, but you won't because you know you live in your mum's basement and you know you yeah. can't afford to you know the insurance bills. But if you could, <laughs> that would be the album that would psych you up for it, right? Yeah. Man. So grooves. Lastly. Production. Now, this mm, is a two. Big one. This is a big tier system. Danny, what's a good thing that you like about City when it comes to production? Uh, definitely how clear it is, how well you can hear it. I Absolutely. Mean, there, there's been bands where like one album has been fantastic, and the next album is like, can you do the first album again? Because this album, I can't hear shit. And yep. that, that just kills it. I mean, no matter how well you play or how good you think you might sound, you just don't sound that good. Yeah. So that's exactly right. Production it literally is like the sum of its parts 
put together and what are you left with listening? Like there's plenty of layers or if it's brutality or whatever it might be, if you can hear it. And that, Now, not to say that having a great production is good. Obviously, the, the debate is right now for some people anyway is that albums can be too produced and mm. it sounds like too mm. clean and it's almost like playing it through a MIDI file or something. Yeah, but yeah. what's more important is that you're giving the listener a good overall product when you just start to finish. Yeah. You can hear it clearly and just enjoy uh, the overall quality of the CD and feel, man. Feel. Yeah, with yeah, the playing feel. could be uh, yeah. as phenomenal, and that might be part of the production. No, know? no, Phil's here. Phil, hey, oh, Phil, you Phil, what's oh, up, no, sorry, Phil? Phil yeah. yeah. So, without further ado, we're going to talk about one by each one, and then we're going to give you an overall thing about what we love and or hate about the album from Flesh God Apocalypse called King. So, without further ado, Danny, number one, the riffs. Oh, I mean, this this album should be called not the King, but the King of Riffs, man. Oh, honestly, you put the CD in, you press play like you would normally do, and you just don't stop riffing. It's just, it's just a magnitude, yep. cataclysm, if that's a real word of riffs. Yes, it is. The guitar work on this album is just right on point. It's just above everything to the point that you can hear everything going on and everything that's there to support the killer riff almost. That's what I get from anyway being a guitarist. Probably a bit of wank for myself. I just can't help it. But the wanking part, yeah. Song, yeah. <laughs> I don't need the king for that, but I will continue with it. You know, just tracks like, for for example, track two in A Eternum. Now I know I botched that out, but it's just something like that. You start off with just grooves and riffs straight up, and then they're just hitting you at a mile a minute. And then it doesn't stop all the way to the very end, really. Um, some of my favorites off the album that are definitely. Oh, wow, there's almost too many to, to pick, but uh, The Fall's pretty cool. Um, Gravity's got a really slow uh, groove to Actually, it. And Gravity puts real, real weight to the CD. Oh. That's a really bad oh science joke. <laughs> Daniel, you need kids so you can start talking to me about how bad your dad jokes yeah, are, you know? I live near primary school. It's close enough. And But more importantly, I really had to say this, is that a million deaths. Now, as far as tracks go, as far as riffs go, this is the track that I'm talking about. Danny... Have you heard this song? Uh, yes. Uh, you you pretty much played it over the phone, which is quite embarrassing when you're on a bus and you hear <laughs> that playing, but it, it was I was fantastic. In a, oh, they deserved it. Look, here's the thing. This I told My mate actually asked me about because I posted this song on Facebook. and like, Matt, I don't get it. Why is this song so good? I'm like, guys, now I'm actually going to give you a hint to all the uh, major companies who are listening to it right now. I want an idea. Because I know caffeine, you know, works. Coffee's great. You know, Bevel's got these like kettles that you know brew up water, and then you put that in the water into your coffee, and then water you're awake for, sorcery. for three more hours, so you can contemplate being back in bed. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But what I want to talk about is this song, right? Now, what I'm proposing that Bevel's or all these manufacturers' kettles do is get rid of kettles, right? And instead, what you do is you sell a box, and on this box has a play button. A box. What's in the box? What's in the box? I'll tell you what's in the box, Danny. There's a box that has a play button. And all this song, all this box does is play the first 45 seconds of this song. And believe me, this will fire up way more than seven energy cans through the nostril. I'm telling you, this will put hair on your nuts where the hair on your nuts used to be. And if you don't have balls, then you might have a vagina. And then your clip will raise her over with steel and you'll be cutting diamonds with your vagina. That's how good this CD is, Danny. Yeah, that's almost like violent. <laughs> I don't even know how to react to that. <laughs> so there you go, friends. That's what this is. So obviously we're raking this album very high risk. You know, just talk to me about anything of this album as far as riffs go, especially, oh, there's one particular uh, riff that happens in track eight, I think it is. 
Um, yeah, I think that's the one. And it has this pretty much a two... No, sorry, track six. It's like a fast yeah, song called Mi- uh, Mitra, I think it is called. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this one. And it's almost got a grind chorus intro. It's got a really fast thing, but the whole entire song builds up for what happens at 2 minutes 33. Danny, what happens at 2 minutes 33? Do you know? I think that's where the uh, apocalypse comes from in their name, Flesh God Apocalypse. It is the lambasting of the most brutal double kick you'll hear over the fattest riff, over an orchestra, over this guy who's screaming into his microphone about his daddy issues. It is so damn awesome. I just want to make it into a chocolate bar so I can <laughs> eat on it for the next three weeks. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, the chocolate part, I, I kind of got distracted when you said chocolate, but yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. So... This is what we feel about the album. Like, honestly, there's just riffs everywhere. Please do yourself a favor. You know, from anything from your slower, sludgier stuff, you know, from your track threes, Healing Through the War, to your faster stuff, which is, you know, your trademark, The the, the Fool, for example, track four. So, Danny, let's talk about vocals and lyric theme, that kind of stuff now with the album. Now, you're a bit of a singer yourself. Mm-hmm. So, tell me, what did you think of the vocal performances overall on this album? Well, um, the great thing about this album, not to go too early about diversity, it's just it does have great diversity in its vocal uh, abilities. I mean, you, for stars, you already have the dichotomy of a female and male vocalist sharing the album. So you already have the guy who, to be fair, he actually, I think there are two singers. One kind of does, I think, the melodic stuff, and one does the... Yeah, you've got two guys, yeah. and then you've got, and then then there's Miguel that kind of comes in and out in certain tracks. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so for stars, I mean, the, 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 the type of singing is blend so well with the albums I mean you have your because they have the orchestra playing and they have the heavy riffs and the slow riffs they're able to use all elements in the singing where they'll have a, a melodic guy a soft toned lady singing or she also has great power and mm. the guy also then like nails the riffs home with his like just powerful and growl and I mean I'm not there are people who have a nicer tone with their like growl or however you want to describe it but it's just the ability for them to use all three different types of singing it's just it's just fantastic yeah now i'll talk about because obviously when we talk about vocals we obviously with metal you have different variations you might have you know growling screaming but you might even have singing you have a bigger plethora mm. of to play with really yeah. as far as techniques go you know so with this in particular obviously the very much the staple mark is the growl that features pretty much yeah, yeah. almost every track and what I love about this growl is that it kind of it cuts right through it does exactly what it's supposed to do it's very meaty very beefy but it's rhythmically where he puts everything, which helps those grooves kind of come to life as well. Mm-hmm. Nothing's generic. Everything has this very deliberate feel about his growl, mm-hmm. which I think really accents those grooves. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got, I mean, for size, they've got like orchestra feels in here. And whenever you hear orchestra, you hear like just um, noise and sound, the bigness of an orchestra. You, you just can't have that playing and then just not use it. And so to actually be able to have him blast his vocals and even like the singing track seven where she so oh, that's beautifully sung you to have that yeah. to um release yeah, apparently thank you to have that uh, as a tool and just to emphasize the use of the orchestra and not, and not for that to be just wasted it's just it's just a very well put together um bit of music now i'm not too sure if you caught it but there, obviously there are the others there's another singer on the album and this guy is very interesting because he has a very unique range it's very mm. top and it's kind of like operatic but he kind of stretches above 17 octaves above high C. Danny, <laughs> have you heard this guy? Uh, yeah. Uh, I will actually, to be fair, my dog heard him and I asked my dog. My dog's like, yeah, man, my ears are fucking bleeding. You like turn that shit lower. <laughs> but he does hit the note, to your, be fair. your dog had to learn English just so he could translate to you how much that, that octave hurt his ears. I love it. Oh, actually, 
Maybe we should talk about my dog. Yeah, no, nah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the album first. My dog next week. Next, yeah, next week. Uh, thankfully, though, if you don't like that style, it isn't featured predominantly through That's this true, album. Yeah. It's very much one track that he really stretches his wings for, but even when he comes and features in other tracks, like track two, for example, he does it in a... Uh, a way that he hasn't actually used his voice before, a little bit lower, lower and that. And that really yeah. helps to, you know, save you from fatigue if you don't like death metal vocals the whole entire time. There are a lot of things to break it up, you know, even to break up the grooves, which really add to the feeling of this orchestral just wash of amazing, you know, instrumentation and just an onslaught of music and brutality. Mm. Ah, true. Yes, yes, nice. So there you go. We've got a tick from wrist. We've got a tick from vocals and style. Now, diversity, we've covered this a few times, but Danny, mm. why do you love this album so much? Uh, can I use the title of diversity in my discussion? No, you need to use another uh, word because I've used that word. Okay, the ability for them to use different elements. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a smaller word for that, but we'll go with that. <laughs> I mean, like, we've, we've discussed, for starters, every song has this unique flavor and style to it, which is always an important thing. However, they, they do tie it together quite well, like going from the Star Wars Marky Royale, how that bleeds into in their trim, which oh my 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 Latin is shit. I failed it at school, but yeah. anyway, but the way they be able to use all that, all the different styles and mm. and the orchestra gives them that diversity in itself. Plus the nice singing, plus they have the the ending on the King, which is a piano solo. So they just have all those elements because they're just all quality musicians. Yeah, it was really interesting. Like they they're obviously very proud of the orchestral work because it does feature predominantly through every song that yeah, they've actually released the in the second, second CD. Yeah, exactly, the second track is just like uh, the, so, the singer takes uh, takes five, which is quite interesting because then it kind of branches out to other people who really are into classical music that want to get a taste of what happens when you kind to combine it with such a brutal onslaught of riffs and just breakdowns, th- you know, speed picking, all that groovy stuff. So, to further what you were saying, Danny, again, the diversity in this album because you have piano uh, interludes, you have their very fast trademark chaotic sound but on this album as well we have such a balance of groovy riffs that you can break down a balance of different singing styles that you can enjoy a balance of different orchestrations and a balance of different instruments so really every track can be its own enjoyment you know mm, definitely and, and that's what really comes and from an extreme metal band I mean don't get me wrong this is very much a brutal album but at least it gives the listener something a little bit more to listen to than just an onslaught of noise than you might get from a technical death metal album for example yeah, no, it's true. I think we should uh, yeah, go to the next point. Okay, so we've talked about diversity, vocals and riffs. They're all getting a tick, but what about grooves? You know, this is a death metal album, and again, grooves doesn't necessarily mean like you're a Meshuggah band, that you're just doing these really you know, or different kind of variations on simple rhythmic ideas. Or Sorry, in Meshuggah's case, it can be very you know ob- obscure, but eventually, it really, it is about the groove for bands like Meshuggah and groove metal bands like such, like Textures, for example. But what about this album, Dan? For a death metal album, does this groove for you? Does it get your head knocking? Does it get that gnarl on your face? Yeah, uh, definitely the, the head knocking part. Uh, I don't really get that facial expressions. I'm not not really that angry man. But <laughs> yeah, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's right. But no, the, the tracks do have that nice groove. They have a nice flow to them. You hear them. You like. You know, you just want to turn up your. Your volume up way up to eleven because <laughs> you can't go you can't go to twelve because that's a keyboard solo on this album so uh, you can't do it. Oh, that's really clever. Anyway, yeah, but no groove. Yeah, I think it definitely has groove. I mean, like you wouldn't say that's that's the strongest point of this album. I mean, you just have riffs with this album, so I don't think I would really say this is ultra groovy. But it does make you want to fucking 
smash things. Yeah. Well, I, I would say the group. There are elements in there that are groovy as as all nothing else. You know, songs like "Healing Through the War" are very groovy, and songs like whoa, you could even say "Gravity" uh, is a, is a very headbanging one, especially what. What it does to do is to set up million deaths. Really, that song it just does a great idea of just getting you really in the mood and just kind of pulling up the momentum. So I would say there are groovy songs, but enough. What it really does is get you really going. It gets you pumped. Like you cannot listen to this album any lower than you know forty thousand decibels. Really, yeah. it needs to be cranked, and that's how you feel the full effects of almost every track, aside from your you know acoustic numbers, I guess. Yeah, no, that's true. So, by all means, yeah, I'm going to give this a big tick on the groove section. This really gets me going, gets the heart racing, gets the hair going, gets the uh, the blood pumping. So, let's be honest, for a death metal album, you really need to have production in the mm. sense that you need to hear what's going on. Danny, do you? Yeah, you hear everything. Again, going back to the fact that they have the nice orchestra fills in there and all the different elements in their songs, you can just hear every element of the band or the orchestra or the singer it is just a beautifully constructed bit of uh, music or yeah art. honestly amazing honestly whoever decided to mm, i don't know how this person did it they must have been on suicide watch for at <laughs> least a seven months that it took right. to balance all these levels i mean oh, you're yeah. talking you know you got in different instrumentation different scenes rah, rah, rah. and the worst thing i I was worried about when I listened to this. Uh, I was actually watching a re- uh, interview with one of the guys from the band, and he was saying how like every member was integral for writing for this album, but also writing for different instruments for the album. So the drummer might write guitar lines, or the guitar lines might do the vocal lines, or the keyboarder might do the drum lines, or whatever. So that was something that I was really worried about. Is like too many cooks can spoil the broth. Yeah, do those parts of the songs actually make the album? Like, yeah, no, nah, yeah, you, you can write the guitar things, Mr. Drummer. Yeah, yeah there were a couple of times <laughs> where I'm like, yeah, you, you could tell the drummer would have written that line, or the the singer was definitely thinking about doing that. And but it's very rare off the album that even for me, and I might even be wrong. Maybe the the, sing, the, the guitarist should have let the drummer, yeah. you know, write that line. But on all, I really got to be honest with everything that's together. The way that the album sounds is so perfect. It really gives you a good idea of what Brutality with an orchestral should sound. Mm-hmm. So, big props. So, really, Danny... Yeah, the production is great. Yeah. It's just like, this is a this is a five out of five ticks album. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, we'll go with the ticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah five ticks, yeah. So, this is the thing. This album was pretty much one of the reasons why we needed to spot, do this podcast because we want to get these albums out there. I mean, Converse God are a big band. Don't get me wrong. They are starting to get known, but they really need to be bigger. They are one of the guys... Uh, sorry, they're one of the bands that really are kind of stepping forward, delivering something fresh and new, yep. but also making a sound that is actually engaging to a listener and for someone that can really enjoy it and hopefully bring in different people from different crowds to oh. jump check it out. Yeah, I mean, if you want the link between classical music and pretty much the new heavy metal or death metal, however you want to describe it, this is definitely the album where you can uh, get people to see the real beauty in metal writers and how well they can pull off uh, intricate uh, songs. Yeah. I, it's great because you, you just trick people. Like You play like tracks here in the Paramore Mall where you have just the um, the lady singing with the uh, piano player or even just track 12 which is King yeah. where you have the piano song, hey, you say, no, nah, listen to this album, how nice it's so is. And bang, smack her right in there. And oh, just, absolutely. You just get people enthralled in there. And they, they can't question that, oh, these guys don't know what doing or it's just bullshit because it's just... You've just proven that it's not. It's just amazing. So what we wanted to say is basically, you know, 
if you are a death metal man, first and foremost, you need to buy King from Flesh God Apocalypse. It is. It should just be one of the albums you need to buy, right? But then going outside of that, you know, even if you're a metalhead that really is curious to see something that's going to be really down your alley with different elements, different styles of singing different styles of, you know, songwriting and orchestration, all, all that kind of stuff like that. So guys who are into maybe black metal or symphonic metal or, you know, goth metal, please do your favor and at least check this album out. This is probably Flesh God's Apocalypse best album to date. Oh. And that's saying something considering they've done, you know, works like The Labyrinth as well, which is also an album which I very, very much enjoy. So please do yourself a favor. Five gold stars. Go check it out. Yeah. So to, to put it in a way, this is probably the soundtrack to Earthquakes. Like, oh. if, if an Earthquake committee got together and said, we need an album yeah. which best represents how we form yeah. and what we can do, they will use this album within a heartbeat. But, but it's like an Earthquake that then gives way to, like, this amazing amount of, like, gold and diamonds mm. and all this and, like women or men if you're into mm. it or women and men or mm, you know anything crazy. just all this bliss ice cream comes out of the oh. ground with chocolate sprinkles oh, if you don't wow. like chocolate then I don't know why you listen to our podcast oh, man, or, you just like how many times you talk about chocolate man jeez you, you should really have dessert after fucking dinner. I know. I, sh- I had. I, I did have chocolate. So yeah. you know, that's what we wanted to say. So really, you know, if you've listened to us this far and are sick of us, yeah, you know, basically stroking Woo, the thank you. egos or m- I'm sure massively large penis because these guys are Italian, obviously. And oh, they, we all know yeah, Italian you know men. Yeah. Have the junk. So <laughs> there you go. Um, Danny, any closing thoughts on the king? Uh, no, just really buy it. That's it. I, I can't. We, we've already said enough. I, I can't say diversity again. If I say diversity one more time, I'm Oxford Dictionary going to like cut me out. No, of, we're going to need another uh, Super Mel or sister brother. Um, yeah. So let's leave it on that. So uh, with that, I guess we're at the end of our very first podcast, Danny. Wow. We survived. What do you think? How do you think we went? Yeah, no, I think we did good. I think every player did their do what was required by the coach. You know, they really set out their goals. And they, they made it clear to start that what we need to do and what we need to accomplish. And I think they achieved those this, goals. This isn't a Disney movie, Danny. This is oh. real life. You know, we have bills to pay. So hopefully, <laughs> our fans <laughs> decide to keep us on the air, or else we have to go back to our previous job, which was um, I can't even remember what it was. I think I quit. I think I'm giving up everything for this. So this is I'm all writing on this. <laughs> Fans, I need you right now to stand up and speak to Super Metal Brothers and get us back on, you know, back on the air and get us firing. So please uh, feel free to get this podcast. We're going to probably put it on SoundCloud and all that kind of cool stuff. Um, I guess with that, we'll talk about next week. Danny, what do you want to cover on next week's show? Oh uh, yeah, next week. Uh, so just remember this: we are going to make these weekly podcasts. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we will make sure we. Um Commit to at least one time a week. The great thing is that we might not post on the same day, so don't get too fucking narky, man. I don't see you guys doing a podcast. Man. No, they are doing a podcast. That's why we got the idea. We stole this idea from everyone else. Great. Right, don't say we stole ideas. Say oh, we're inspired, inspired by like most musicians. Right. Like I'm inspired, inspired by right. Nevermore to write songs, or yeah. like I'm inspired by the Commonwealth Bank not or, to try to shoot myself in the head. All I do was inspired by you know these eighty thrash bands and group bands. So yeah, inspired. So next week, we're going to actually cover another City Review album. Uh, we're actually going to cover the aborted album, uh, Retro mm. Gore. Now, Danny's had a massive bit of a aborted uh, fan himself. I'm, yeah, I'm getting really into it. So I'm checking, we're going to check that album out next week, as well as the news headlines that have really come to, to fruition. But if you guys got any ideas that you want to throw at us, that you really want us to cover, by all means, we are more than happy to share you out. And uh, yeah, give us a like on Facebook. 
Yeah, because um, uh, this is our first show. We still are working on our f- format, if we can sound professional. So, look, if you have suggestions of how we can, the direction we can take, we're all for it. Most of them will just like read them and in our own personal time tell you to like go make your own podcast. But no, seriously, we will we'll consider everything you have to say. So, thank you very much. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. And this has been the Super Metal Brothers podcast. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you next week. Actually, probably if you do see us next week, then you're in our room. So get the hell out of our house. That's right. And keep those necks loose, man. All right. Check you guys out next week. Catch you later.